Welcome to The Sober Effect, a show that looks at the positives of sobriety, the dangers of alcohol and the many people who are affected by it. I'm Kate. And I'm Steph. The ripple effect of alcohol is far-reaching, and those are the stories you'll hear on The Sober Effect. Welcome to the first episode of The Sober Effect. I'm really excited. Kate, we've been working vigorously on getting this all put together, and we just had our first interview with our first guest. We thought that for the first episode, it would be great um, to get someone along who's a moderate drinker, just so that we could understand. I don't know about you, but for me, I never understood how someone could have a glass of wine and then stop. I mean, it just, I could not comprehend doing that. I have never done that in my life. And in fact, I think it would make me more annoyed than not having any. Yeah. Um, you know, and people who leave some some of their wine in their glass and say, oh, I'm done and leave a restaurant. And you think, why have I finished people's wine before? Because I just think, how can you leave it? You know, so for me, a moderate drinker is kind of an alien. I, I just think I don't understand. So we thought it would be great to talk to her and also let her ask us questions. Yeah, it is really interesting to kind of pick the brain of someone who can do that. Because like you, I was never able to just have one. I was always chasing something, chasing a feeling, um, chasing the erasing of a feeling, whatever it may be. And I agree. These people are like unicorns. Like it's so rare, but <laughs> you know, Yvonne is a really close friend of mine and it's just really interesting to sit down and talk with her and have this conversation around her thought process when she sits down to have a drink. And then Kate and I, you know, we are very similar to what our thought processes were when it came to sitting down to have more than one drink. More than one drink. Yeah. So Yvonne says she has a drink every now and then, even sometimes once every two or three weeks. Now, she didn't grow up in a household where there was a lot of alcohol. She never saw her parents drunk. School and high school were about dancing, about cheerleading. And then she got pregnant at the age of 16 and then went on to have a couple more kids. Um, so she really didn't drink at all through her teenage years and her early 20s. And she also has a phobia of vomit. So she found the idea of getting so drunk that she was sick quite terrifying and revolting, which I have to admit sounds quite handy. Part of me wishes I had that when I was younger because it would have prevented all of this. Also, what I found really interesting in our conversation with Yvonne was the dynamics between um, marriages and drinking because, hey, you and I have a very similar dynamic where we are both married to men who drink um, and now you and I are sober and our husbands continue to drink. Both are trying to be more moderate in their drinking, but it's still something that comes up. Yvonne, on the other hand, is someone who drinks moderately is married to someone like you and I, who now doesn't drink, but the dynamic's a little different because she is a moderate drinker and always has been. And there's just a little bit more trust. And she also said that he did go through a period of a few years where he drank heavily. And that was a real concern. I mean, I can see it from both points of view. And I think I found that really interesting because she was describing his drinking 
and I was understanding her her worries and her fears but at the same time I was understanding where he was coming from yeah and I think it's very valuable because I know you and I have talked about it in Instagram world alone the questions that we get asked and the people like the biggest fear is what are my relationships going to look like now that I don't drink especially if every relationship you have revolves around drinking yeah, I mean, mine definitely have. I've never gone out with a non-drinker because drinking has been part of who I am, who I was for my entire adult life. And I would never have fathomed going out with someone who didn't drink because what would we do together? Because I would be drinking in the evenings. And if they weren't keen, forget it. It just wouldn't have worked. But that's that brings up a really interesting question. If it wouldn't have worked when I was a heavy drinker with anyone who wasn't, does it work when you stop drinking if you are still married to someone who drinks? I'm wondering whether those things are compatible. Um, you know, it is such a deep conversation. It's multifaceted. It's a really tricky one. And as you say, it's something that comes up so often in the sober community. You know, people struggling with, I've given up, they haven't. How is this going to work? Will this work? And, and we don't have the answers, do we, Steph? Because we're we in these situations. We're asking those questions. And part of that is why we've set up this podcast. It's to speak to other people, get their opinions, their experiences, so that we can try and understand more about alcohol and who it affects and how you deal with it and the ripple effect of all of this. Right, let's meet Yvonne. It probably wasn't until, I don't know, my mid twenties when I started to like have a drink here, have a drink there. At that point in time, I am three kids deep. And so I did have one friend who really kind of introduced me and she was a little bit older than me. And that was her thing. She drank wine. We would hang out. I would go to her house. We'd have a glass of wine. And that's really what started my relationship with drinking at that point. So it was probably, I don't know, I was probably close to 30 before I ever really, you know, enjoyed having an alcoholic beverage, if I'm being completely honest. I luckily just have never had any desire to, you know, drink excessively in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for me, it's been very like a structured, um, relationship with with alcohol the people that I'm around we're drinking okay everyone's drinking they're having a good time I can drink mo very moderately and still have a good time I'm just a loud you know happy person it's just kind of who I am so I really don't need to drink to to have a good time for me it's just like okay I know if I do drink a little bit more the effects that that is going to have on me it, it is going to make me feel a little bit more loose and, you know, just, just kind of meet the vibes of everybody uh, yeah. else around me. You know what I mean? When you were growing up, did you have any experience with friends who did drink heavily that sort of scared you or shocked you that you think um, might put you off drinking more than you were? Um, Kate, actually, that's a really good question. And there were probably a couple experiences seeing my friends get really intoxicated and then they're puking, you know what I mean? On the side of me, I'm so disgusted, right? I'm like, now I'm having an anxiety or panic attack because I can't deal with this and it's happening right next to me. And so I do think those, you know, the few times I was in that situation, 
and being with a friend who did drink too much, experiencing something that really is a true phobia of mine definitely had a lot to do with why I continue to like, yep, this is why I don't do that. Like it was almost a, a reminder for me of don't go too crazy because that could be you. But you presumably, because Steph was quite a big drinker or a binge drinker. Um, so have you seen, have you been with her when she's been a bit out of control? Because I know every single one of my friends and I'm amazed that some of them are still my friends. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm, I have been drunk so many times and probably ruined so many evenings because I've fallen over or collapsed somewhere or fallen asleep somewhere and they've had to get me home. Have you ever experienced that with Steph? Has that been part of your friendship? Is that something that you're aware of or, or was that complete? Were you oblivious to all of that? In all honesty, I never saw her with my own two eyes at her worst. I would hear about it, but I never saw it myself. And I want to talk about that because that is the difference between what I feel between Yvonne and I, Yvonne always had that about her. She always knew when to cut out, when to go home, when she's had enough. I didn't. And I sure, I'm sure Kate knows exactly what I'm talking about. I, when I get to a certain point, I don't have that narrative in my head anymore. Like if you keep going, you're going to get sick. If you, it's all bets are off. And I remember many times trying to pace myself and watching your wine glass because I'm like, I don't want to be drinking too fast. Like, and what makes me sad about that, Yvonne, is we did have really good conversations, but I don't remember a lot of them because half the time after you left, I continued to drink and then the whole night ended up being a blur. Yep. I was always worried to have you see that side of me and for that to like turn you off and like not have that one-on-one -on -one anymore. So it's, it's in a That's way so crazy to hear you say yeah. that. Well, but in yeah. a way, listening to you say how you've never, yep. you never saw me lose control. And then I'm thinking, yeah, cause I never wanted you to, but that's just another layer of my, you know, alcohol use disorder, whatever you want to call it. Right. Like how exhausting to not show up as my true self with someone that I love and adore. It robbed me. Like, that's what I love about when we get together now. I remember everything we talk about. I think that has a lot to do with how our relationship originally started. It didn't start based off of alcohol, which I think a lot of the relationships that you had that you mm -hmm. no longer have today did yeah. all, you know, revolve around alcohol. Now, I actually have a question for the two of you, because this is something that I, I think about with that trigger that tells me to stop. I'm a control freak. And I know that if I drink too much, I'm not going to be in control of what I do or what I say. And so I'm curious if that was ever like at any point in either of your lives drinking, did that ever affect or, or, you know, control what, how much you would drink, when you would drink, what you would drink, or was that just not even an option? Like, did it not matter? I think for me, I, I drank, um, to escape my brain is, is very quick thinking I'm very creative I'm constantly thinking I'm very tidy I'm very organized I wouldn't say a control feat but I'm very independent I have been since I was a child I've only ever relied on myself I know exactly what's going on around me and actually I drank to stop that 
because I was exhausted. I knew I might humiliate myself. I would go into a bar and think I might end up leaving this bar in two hours completely smashed and I won't remember anything. And I still went in and downed that first glass of wine because it just became a pattern for me that every night I drank to slow my brain down. It was almost like I needed that peace and I did not care what happened. And I, I, it, I'm still coming to terms with that because it's really sad. It's so sad that I couldn't find a different way to do that because I think brains that, that move quickly are incredible. But it, but it really was like self-medicating. That's that's the best word I can put to it. Gotcha. And I had no control. I had no control <clears> over <throat> my mind, what I said, what I did. And like Steph, I would not remember huge chunks of the night. And I would have to send that mortifying message in the morning and try and work out what happened. I'd look around the room for clues, right. you know, about what had happened, how I got home. I'd look at my phone to try and work out which friends brought me home. And it was awful, but it wasn't enough to stop me. And that's why alcohol is so scary is that, you know, I've been hit by cars. I've had awful accidents. And even then I drank again. As soon as I had that one glass of wine, that was it. I was a different person and I could not stop. If I didn't have that first one, I, I could not drink for a day. But I did end up choosing to have it almost every day for the last 20 years. So. Yeah. And I would say I am a control freak, but crazy enough, I used alcohol to help me control my emotions. So I was always drinking to get rid of things that I felt were unnecessary. So anytime I was upset, anything uncomfortable, I was using the alcohol to try to control the feeling, right? I used alcohol to always come off like I've got my shit together. I'm a positive, happy person, which I am, but right. like every positive, happy person is going to have hard times. We, There's not one person that isn't going to, but in my mind, I thought I was controlling that and alcohol is exactly what I used to do that. So it's interesting, isn't it? That you're saying you tried to use that to be in control. Whereas I think that would have the opposite effect. It worked for me. Honestly, it would drown out any thoughts that were upsetting it would erase them for me, but it mm -hmm. also erased my joy because it, it you can't pick and choose. Right. If it's going to numb you, it's going to numb you. And so that was the price I paid. Like I just baselined all the time yeah. because I refused to work through things in the, in the right way. But Yvonne, you must've been drunk a few times in your life. Has that happened with you or have you always managed to keep it in check? If I'm being completely honest, Kate, there, I could probably count on, on two fingers the number of times that I actually drank so much that I didn't remember what happened. Because you didn't really drink at all until you were in your 20s, I wonder if there's a level of maturity there that when you started, it's like people who have never smoked and they're 35, they're never going to smoke. You don't yeah. start smoking at that age. You just don't. So I, I think that's quite interesting that if you can manage to get through those teenage years and early 20s and not fall into that trap that you're probably much less likely to have a problem I mean I'm no doctor I'm just no saying, I, think, I, I think that's such a fair observation I really do and I, I agree. never even you know put two and two I never even thought about it that way but I, I think you could I think you're absolutely right that has to play a huge part 
in it. Have you ever had a relationship with anyone who's a heavy drinker or have you stuck with people who are similar to you and just can take it or leave it? Yes. Um, and the one, the relation it's with my husband. So when we first met, he wasn't a very big drinker at all. Then he lost his job. And that was just like his, it became his coping mechanism. Um, he could, you know, just pick up a, a case of beer and, you know, sit around and drink it and, you know, not, not care. Right. Every day he was drinking to the point to where it was, I'm going to go and, you know, fill up the truck, you know, put some gas in it and, and, and get a wash. I'll be right back. And, you know, come home, you know, an hour and a half later with the completely different, you know, personality or frame of mind than he had when he left. And I'm like, okay, so now we're, we're like sneaking off and drinking. It got very, very bad. And that went on for that went on for a couple of years before he actually got to the point to where he decided like, okay, I can't do this anymore. It's scary as well to see how someone can change so much because of alcohol. I mean, literally people have lost everything. Yes. Ended up on the streets and, and, and died. I mean, 3 million people, according to the UN, die every year because of alcohol. It is huge and it is so destructive. It is um, very destructive. Nothing I can say, and I tried it all. I, you know, again, like I said, I'm a control freak. So I tried doing all of the things and and nothing worked. Nothing, if he wanted to drink, he was going to drink. It got to the point where I wouldn't even see him. He'd get off work when he, you know, went back to work. And when he went back to work, that didn't stop him from drinking. He was already hooked. It was, you know, his yeah. thing at that point. In the sober community, you hear a lot um, about people sort of saying, and we talk a lot about partners, my husband still drinks. Um, and the one thing that everyone says is you cannot convince someone to stop drinking. They have to make that decision for themselves. And what rock bottom is, is not what other people think it will be because alcohol becomes so precious to us because we are using it, as Steph said, to to hide emotions or for me to escape my, my mind that is too busy for me. People use it for a reason. They think it makes them feel better. They think it's helping them. So despite the carnage they leave behind them, they still just see ahead. They still think about one first drink that makes them feel tingly and good. And the, the, the following 10 drinks that could end in death or absolute calamity or the breakdown of their marriage, they, they can't see that there's so much to unpick and you love that person and all you want to do is see them not hurt themselves as someone who has been the version of your husband I can see it from both sides and now I am on the other side and it's just so complicated I guess I'm just curious to know like how you both feel uh towards the fact that your husband still drink and they know that you can't right but they still do it how does that make the both of you feel? What I've learned is no amount of please get sober with me, do this with me, da 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 da, da is going to convince my husband. My biggest fear too in the journey him and I are on because he has cut way back, but I don't feel like he's doing it for him. I think he is doing it because he does love me and he knows it's important to me. 
And the reason I think that is because when he does have an opportunity to drink, he is like all about it. He's excited and he goes for hours and hours and hours like he used to. I can tell that he misses it. And I think my biggest fear in that is that is there might be some resentment on his end because I'm the one who decided to do this. I'm the one who implemented a change in our marriage because me getting sober has created a huge change. I've changed. And then there's a part of me that is like, what if he doesn't like who I really am? Because I don't feel like he knows that version of me completely because mm-hmm. once again, I used alcohol to just really dull the bad parts of myself mm-hmm. and try to put on somebody that, you know, was just in control, perfect right. wife, perfect friend, you know, laugh at all the jokes, like people, please, people, please. And I have really found that I don't want to do that anymore. And it ruffled some, it's ruffled feathers with other friends and it's ruffled feathers with my husband. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean, to circle back around to his drinking, all I can do is just set an example and and show him how great life can be and how great life is for me now and hope that he wants that for himself. I mean, I, I will add, I'm, I'm a very um, kind of frank person. I say exactly what I think. And I think that's the best way through life because you find your people, you find people who aren't your people and you walk in opposite directions and life is happier. And I have said to my husband, I'm growing and I'm changing. And we have only ever known each other as drinkers, both of us. Mm-hmm. And and now I am becoming someone different. And he ha- he doesn't drink in the week anymore, which is a, a big thing. Yeah. But I think he's he's definitely changing. It's very rare that one person drinks heavily and one doesn't, and that works. And that is the right. truth. That's the truth of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, sadly, I don't think they're compatible personally. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think about my relationship with Steven, with my husband. Um, that was one of the things that I'm always curious about because in our relationship where he doesn't drink at pretty much at all, and I still do like to, you know, have a glass of wine or, you know, make myself a old fashioned or something like that. And there's, there's no issue. There's no um, concern with him of me drinking, but I think it's because he knows how moderate of a drinker that I am. Um, So I'm always just curious how it looks in other relationships when one person does drink and the other doesn't. It's trust as well. I think he trusts you not to get hammered and get irresponsible. But some people who stop drinking cannot be around other people who drink. Absolutely, yeah. And it triggers them. Everything is so individual, you know, and it's... It, it's that's why it's interesting to talk to other people because mm-hmm. everyone's got a slightly different take on things and, and I think understanding that and having the confidence to follow your own instinct and know what's right for you and say I am the most important person in my life and it's not my it's not that my children don't matter but if I'm happy and I'm safe and I'm strong then my kids will benefit from that and my husband will. And and some things are difficult, but we move on, we evolve. Outside of the the things that you hear a lot around your skin looks better, you have less anxiety in those things. Outside of those more common things, like what is better in your lives now that you are sober? For me, it's um, that I love myself and I didn't realize I 
wasn't loving myself for 20 years until I was sober and I looked in a mirror and I said, I love you. And I burst into tears because hearing myself say that to myself made me realize I had not felt that way. And that one thing has made me more confident. It has made me believe, believe myself. It has made me look after myself. And when you, when you look after yourself, you don't want to hurt yourself. So everything from what I eat to what I do to the people I hang around, I think about it all in terms of, is this good for me? Whereas before I didn't ever give any of that, any consideration. Gotcha. I love that. Yeah. Same for me. I noticed right away that inner voice, that inner critic was gone. And I really think that that was alcohol. Alcohol is just pure evil. Like it gets in your head and it just makes you feel shit about yourself. I mean, I was so mean to me. Right. And I I remember when that voice wasn't there anymore, like Kate was saying, and I just felt a love for myself and for even like thinking of my, my younger self going back before I drank, like I would have many times where I would envision just going back and loving on her and letting her know that she's safe and she's okay. And then for me, there's also been physically with an autoimmune disease, I don't have the, I have Hashimoto's, which is uh, thyroid. My immune system attacks my thyroid and there's a lot of side effects to that. And, um, they're gone. That in itself has been huge because it's allowed me to work out like I want to, and to feel good when I get out of bed and to have energy because part of Hashi, you have no energy to do anything. Then you had alcohol and a hangover. It was right. a mess. Right. So yeah, for sure. Those um, are things that people probably don't see when they look yeah. at me, you know? What I will say is I love for both of you and your answer was around you, you know what I mean? And that's, I feel like that's, that says a lot about where you are, where you both are in your journey. It's still, it's not about, it's not about as much as I know you both love your kids, right? It, that, you know, yeah, that's better too. But the first thing for the both of you is, you know, something that completely impacted or affects you yourself. So I've got one last question for you. Yes. And, um, it's to do with your, because I'm incredibly jealous of the fact that you can have a drink and stop. And I don't understand it because I've never been able to do that. Even when I was 14, I would drink until there was nothing left if I met my friends and try and get some more. Do you think it's it's a, it's a something you tell yourself? Do you think it's you weren't physically addicted? Because I don't understand it. And I would love to have been like that, but I never was. So I, even when I was young and I didn't have the taste for alcohol, I drank and I drank. And I've always thought, is it my obsessive personality in that I, I do everything full on? But you sound quite like that, that you're quite, it, you know, you'll get, so it can't be that because you're like that as well. What right. do you think it is that makes someone like you able to have a glass and stop compared to someone like me and I know that you're not a doctor you're not gonna be able to tell me well right. actually this is the reason but personally what do you think has has made that difference personally okay and I've never really I've honestly never really thought about this I love this question the only thing the first thing that comes to mind for me is 
like the reason that I'm drinking and the reason that other people might drink. Because for me, I'm not drinking to, to forget about everything that's happened. So where I got to drink a lot to get to that point. I'm not drinking to um, numb anything so I don't feel something to where I have to drink a lot to get to that feeling. For me, I when I have a drink, I'm having a drink to really just like, just to, just to relax, just to, and, and that sounds so cliche because I feel like a lot of people even, you know, drink excessively just because they're trying to relax. But for me, when I have a drink, it's really not, I had a bad day, so I want a drink. It's, it's just like, you know, I haven't had a drink in a while. I think I'm going to sip on a, make an old fashioned and just sip on it and, you know, sit down and watch a show. You know, there's really no true reason behind me drinking. And I don't know if that's why I'm able to make one and just have one. Um, I've never really thought about it, but that's like the first thing that comes to mind. You're going to have me thinking about this question for the rest <laughs> all weekend. But I think that's it. You don't think about it. For Kate and I, it's an obsession. We're always thinking about it. And I shouldn't say we're always because we we don't do it as much as we did before. Like we're right. a year in sober. But prior to getting sober, it was always there. The thought, what time am I going to start? How much am I going to drink? What am I going to drink? Why am I going to drink? What's going on? Today? Like all revolved around drink. I I still have habits of like front loading my week with appointments and stuff because I knew by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's when the drinking would get really heavy. Right. And that is still stuck. Like I still find myself doing that. So it's definitely a habit, but I think that's the key. People that are like, well, I want to moderate. Well, if you have to tell yourself you got to moderate, then that's already the problem. Like, cause right. you're already overthinking it. But right. someone like you, it's no different than someone who makes themselves a cup of tea every night. You don't ask them, well, how do you only get away with having one cup of tea? And you're like, well, I've never thought about it. Well, that's right. why it's the same thing for you. Like, it's just not a thought. It's been so interesting to hear from someone who's just so honest and open about it. But mm -hmm. I have to say, I'm so happy where I am now that if I, if I hadn't gone through the process that I have been through, I wouldn't be here. And actually I'm really happy. I don't drink at all. Um, okay. And, you know, I think Steph feels the same way yeah. as me. Um, it's and just I'm really... good to know your limit, right? It's good to finally yeah. know. Okay. I've tried. My limit is big zero. fat zero. Right. Yep. <laughs> We've tried. It's just easier and accept it. Oh, Steph, I mean, there's so much to think about in what we just heard. I mean, first of all, are we jealous of Yvonne for the fact that she can drink sometimes? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because in a way I am, and in a way I'm really not, because I don't want a hangover every now and then. I don't need alcohol in my life at all. So I used to be very jealous of people who could moderate, but I'm really not anymore. Do you feel like that as well? I do. And actually, I remember a moment early in sobriety when my mom asked me, do you think you'll ever drink again? Like, is this just to take a break? And at that point, I had come to terms with the fact that I can't drink. I just can't. I tried moderation over and over and over in all shapes and forms. And I just told her, I'm so much better without it. 
I don't ever want to test the waters again. How many times do you test something and fail? I just, there's no desire anymore. It's just not worth it. I think you're right. And it's, you know, I never got the concept of window shopping. Friends would go, well, we don't have any money. Let's go and have a look at the nice clothes. I'm like, why would I do that? Why do I want to look at things that I can't have and I can't afford? Forget it. Let's go to the park. And I think alcohol's like that. I'm very all or nothing. And I think a lot of people who are sober who have had a problem with drinking are would say I'm all or nothing. It's something that comes up again and again. And I'm happy with nothing. It it suits me. Knowing that I'm a non-drinker, I'm now really proud of that. It's part of my identity. Whereas before, being a drinker was a huge part of my identity. I mean, if you'd asked my friends to describe me in three words, every single one of them would have said alcohol. And that's awful. But that's kind of one of the things that I guess prompted me to stop. When you have that realization that everyone connects your personality and who you are with drinking i mean that's that's a huge red flag that's a red parachute isn't it right right or like me with yvonne hiding how bad of a drinker i really was when i was with her that as i said in the interview was exhausting to keep up with that and to try to control the drink while i'm with her and it's and because she was a moderate drinker she would always cut out after a glass of wine and then i'm opening another bottle or just having a white claw or whatever was available that night. And just, I kept the party going sometimes alone and to not have to worry about any of that anymore, to be fully present when I'm sitting down and having a conversation with a really good friend like her and to not be watching the wine glass or wondering if she thinks I'm drinking too fast. These are all things that people who try to force themselves to moderate. This is the agony that you go through in your head. It's not worth it. It's easier to choose none than to try to have one. I I agree completely. And actually, some of the things that I read when I was just just beginning out on this kind of sober journey were, you know, if you're thinking about alcohol during the day and thinking about what you might drink that evening or when you can have a drink, you have a problem. Because if it's something that you plan for and look forward to to that extent every day, how much time is it taking up in your head? And I was like, that is me, definitely, without a doubt. You know, once lunch is over, I'm thinking about the evening and thinking about when I'm going to have a drink, what I'm doing that evening, how I'm going to make sure I've got enough. Do I need to drive to the supermarket and get some wine because I won't be able to then get in the car after I've had a glass? Things like that. And it was exhausting and it was taking up. So it wasn't just drinking it was the planning for drinking the drinking then the recovering I mean that's that's full time pretty much isn't it it is it is at the hours when in recovering (laughs) I don't know if you said that that's in there too right it's just like yeah you add all those hours up you don't have much time left in your day you really don't. It's the time it takes to eat a sandwich and then mm-hmm. you're back there again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I found really interesting that she said was she said, well, you know, I don't have to drink to have a good time. And I get why she says that now as a non as, as a person who doesn't have a problem with drinking. It was really interesting to hear her say that because I didn't drink to have a good time. I drank at home on my own when I was watching Netflix. 
And that, I think, is one of the crucial differences between someone who's drinking to self-medicate for a reason or to drown things out or for me to quieten my brain. She was just drinking because she wanted a glass of wine and she enjoys drinking a glass of wine. No. That's the difference, isn't it? And you put yourself in a situation where you're you're in a house and someone says, do you want a glass of this? It's quite cheap. It's all we've got. <laughs> a moderate drinker who, who likes the taste of wine will say no thanks. Whereas I would have said yes. I wouldn't even have asked if it was red or white. I mean, I know some people drink because they feel like they need confidence and they do drink just to have a good time as in they only drink maybe when they go out and binge drinking is a huge problem as well it's not just people who drink every day or or five or six days a week but I think the way she sees alcohol is so different to the way mm -hmm. that we used to see alcohol isn't it yeah and for me it was the bit on on the binge side because I am one that likes to stay home but I'm married to someone who likes to socialize. And so I used alcohol a lot to drown out the, the, the shyness, the maybe not wanting to go. Like mm -hmm. I used that. I wasn't drinking to enjoy it. I was drinking to be someone I wasn't, to put on a show, to like, and that's- To the, get that's, through it. Yeah, that's the wrong reason too. Like if you Absolutely. have to- binge drink to be in a social situation, that social situation is not in alignment with you because yeah, why would you, if you're not going to do it sober, you shouldn't be doing it at all. You shouldn't be using alcohol. I love that. I think you're so right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I've said that before that if you can't go out without drinking, without effectively taking a drug, you're not being yourself anyway. Mm -hmm. You need to find out who you are without this drug that is a mind altering, personality changing drug, you know, it's not you. I think what she said about relationships was interesting and it sounded like she had a really tough time at, at one point in her life when her husband lost his job and started drinking heavily. Relationships are such a huge topic when it comes to drinking and I think it's probably something that's going to come up a lot in our podcast I mean all relationships evolve anyway regardless of alcohol people who are together for any length of time are going to change and in an ideal situation they grow and change in a way that is compatible but that doesn't always happen with or without alcohol right and it's about setting boundaries which you mentioned in the interview how you have voice to your husband, not and not a threat, but this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And it's true that we have to communicate our needs as well now that we're sober because our sobriety is very important and we need to yeah. set boundaries around it. And, you know, I've had conversations with my husband where I've said, I don't care if you drink, but we need to respect my sobriety. Well, that's our first ever podcast, Steph. I cannot wait to speak to more people and, and really, you know, try and understand more about the effects that my drinking has had on other people and the effects that it still is having all around us in society. These things start coming up. And so I love that that's what we're going to do. We just want people to understand the consequences and the fallout of, of drinking. Cheers, Steph. Bye, Kate. 
Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, we're just two women from opposite sides of the pond wanting to bring awareness around the negative effects of alcohol. We are not licensed therapists or doctors. If alcohol is causing any mental or physical health issues, please seek professional help. Please be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss future episodes. If you think our podcast could help someone you know, please be sure to share it. Also, leaving a five-star review will help The Sober Effect reach more people like you. The music for this show was produced and recorded by Pearl and Thumbelina Jim of the wonderful Charm Jar Music. More information can be found in our show notes.